0: As writers, you have to really unzip your soul and flop it out there for people to read because nobody's interested in anything else. They're interested in the hard stuff.
1: You're listening to American Spark.
0: Today, Ruth Perkinson. And he just put his hands on my shoulders, and he said,
1: just hold on. And like a rocket, I shot out of my body. Ruth is a writer. She's a mentor, and she has six books to her name so far. Ruth is also legally blind now, after years of myopic degeneration. She misses reading her beloved books. She misses driving a car. But here she is, rolling with it. It's who she is. I sat down with Ruth to find out just what sparks her. May Lily, so good to see you who's the
0: host of the show so good to see you what, what have you been doing for the last 10 years who is the host right but still i want to know what you've been doing you look great thank you so much
1: <laughs> so excited about your latest project Me i know too. that it's not out yet which is perfect timing letters from the j underground and i love how j for jesus is yeah. so stealth it's really joy
0: Really? Yeah, or jovial. (laughs) All right. (laughs) It is a hidden Jesus. Actually, it really isn't a hidden Jesus. It just takes the Christian theology out of it. Thank God. Give us a a synopsis of this work. This work is just letters that I've written to the world uh, between me and another author. And basically, it's about our experiences with A Course in Miracles, the metaphysical book that's been around for about 42 years. It talks about what our mystical experiences have been, that it's not attached to any religion. It's not attached to anything. It's just the metaphysics of his great work. His meaning who? It was a channeled work, and the scribe is Helen Schuckman, And she, she was well, channeling Jesus. Was channeling Jesus. She was. God bless her. She was the only one listening out of 13 <laughs> million people on the planet. And uh, he got to her. And she was a little flipped out at first, honestly, and she was a psychologist at Columbia University, and she said, oh, my God, I'm, I'm hearing this voice say, this is A Course in Miracles, please take notes. And so for the next seven years, she channeled the voice of Jesus, and it's been now a 42-year-old movement that has been
1: uh, slowly changing the world. I've often said that some of my most unique conversations occur on Plane rides, to and fro. Uh And one was a woman, middle-aged, sort of starting her second act. And she talked about how she is currently a pastor. And, well, it took her totally by surprise. She said, Jesus appeared in my room one day. Yeah, I hear that. I get you. Yeah. yeah. So Crazy one might, sauce. Exactly. <laughs> one might say that. However, this was one of the most grounded people. I'd want right. her to be my pastor. Right. So let's talk a little bit about your spiritual path from Spirit Home, which was published in 2014, right. to Letters from the J Underground. When I read Spirit Home, there's a lot of General terminology that anyone can adhere to. You know, use universe if you'd like, use yeah. God. Uh, however, there's a lot more specific terminology here around Jesus specifically. Um, there's a little bit of a transformation. I think I just got better. I got better at the Course. I got
0: better at my understanding of the Course. And I got a deeper metaphysical um, understanding so that I was able. Then all of a sudden, honestly, I was having. Um, every now and again, I would have a mystical experience. And There really isn't any mystery behind mystical. It was just I was having a deep experience of knowing, which was telling me that I was on the right track. And so I just kept going with it. I was like, okay, I'm going to keep doing this work, and every day I'm going to show up, and I'm going to keep doing the work. And then every three to six months, I would literally get a—I had a vision of Jesus uh, two years ago, and um, I've had another one since— And so I'm giving a primer, a kind of a Foundations 101 to what he's trying to talk about and then giving practical examples of what people might feel when they know they're on the right path. And you know what? I wish I'd, I I swear, I wish I'd had that 30 years ago. I wish somebody could have said, hey, while you're on the path to enlightenment, you might be having these kinds of experiences because I think it would have given me more to hang my
1: teeth on. If your 20-year-old self could see you now, what would she think? I think she would say, thanks for being brave.
0: Thanks for being honest. Uh, Thank you for being courageous enough to talk about mental illness. Thank you for being... You speak openly, by the way, about being bipolar. mm -hmm. I have. I have spoken because I thought that once you were given a diagnosis... Uh, like schizophrenia, bipolar, disassociative, whatever mental illness in the DSM-4567, that once you had that, that it, there was no recovery from it, that you could never recover from that. And so I just took the pills. And for 15 years, in the year 2000, I spent four days at Tucker's Hospital. And um, I was given a bunch of pills, and they were saying, you'll never get over this, and here's, here it is. And so I took those pills for 15 years and the last few years, I started doing the course, and I recognized that I could stop taking these pills through guidance with my psychiatrist. And it got, now I'm at the point in my life where I don't need them anymore. I don't need any lithium. I don't need anything. I'm completely off of all medication. And I'm living the most peaceful, joyful life I've ever lived, consistently ever lived, in the 52 years I've been on this planet. So I think my 20-year-old self would say, good job it was hard. You were in that well of loneliness. You were down deep and dark. And I've been to those suicide places, but you were able to pull yourself up by the bootstraps.
1: And what do you make of the fact that you're handed this gift at a time when your physical body isn't really agreeing with you? It's not, May-Lily. Have you noticed? (laughs) Um, I'm going through a a visual impairment now. In a major way, you really need a lot of assistance. You can't drive anymore. Mm -hmm. And these are just the hard facts of it. And Mm -hmm. yet... Life is good for you.
0: Life is good. Life is good. Um, I have a lot of mighty companions. I would say you're one. I would say the people in in the studio sitting next to us are my mighty companions. And uh, they show me the way. You know, honestly, there have been a few poop emojis along the way. This hasn't all been, you know, just, you know, uh, (laughs) a flowery ride for me. There have been times when I've cried, you know, when I had to give up driving and things like that. But what's happened is... I've noticed that with doing the metaphysics, doing the mindful training that I'm doing, I've noticed that I can walk through this life knowing that it's not about physical eyesight. It's about spiritual sight. And I've been gifted here recently in the last three months. I, can, I feel I can speak openly about this. Um, I meditate a lot. And now when I meditate, I see – when I close my eyes, I see purple and green, uh, just a lovely light like the aurora borealis. And I see flecks of light that are just beautiful and in my sort of my third eye area. And now when I open my eyes and when I look at you sitting across in the studio, I see that same purple and green light with my eyes open. And so I see it as a spiritual gift of healing um, and that it always stays with me. It's always consistent. It's always peaceful, and I can always count on it. I, I tell you for a while I wasn't quite sure about it, but now I know it's always there. And so when I feel like I've sort of gotten off on the, on the ego bus or, or my false-minded thinking bus, I can quickly just like look, and I can say, hey, you know, wait a minute. I'm back, I'm back into a better way of thinking. I'm back into um, the right-minded thinking, which is, brings me the peace and the joy.
1: Does each person produce a different color? Are some people
0: red?
1: Because you know these chakras. You're looking right? very yeah. You're you yeah, red, yeah. You got, you got your got, red chakra. You yeah, you're, you're
0: looking very partridge family to me um, <laughs> today.
1: Or does it always? Does it change for for a person? If I were if I were someone you never knew, it's the same in... for
0: everyone. Okay, it's the same for everyone, and uh, it's like I said. I think it's the best way to describe it. Words are very limiting, as you've noticed probably but it's the healing light of love. And um, I know I'm seeing a world beyond this world. And I'm grateful that I gave up the eye injections. What would they have done? They would have uh, spackled my retina together so I could continue to drive. But if I continued to do that, I never would have gotten to this place where I can see a lovely purple and green light around your face and know that that is the benefit of trusting and having a great faith in um, the metaphysics,
1: is there another reason behind turning down the injection? You know, I think it was the copays. <laughs> <laughs> I was, t- was kind of tired of
0: the copays, um, just the clamps and and all that, and and it just really wasn't healing it. It wasn't doing anything for me, so I decided that after the last migraine and after the last Thanksgiving meal I missed with my family, that. I decided it wasn't worth it. So I was just going to let my eyes do what they wanted to do. And I knew that I would have enough people around me who would be there to shore me up. And I have met, like you, I have met some of the most gracious, loving, supportive people in my life in the last three years than I have in the last 52. So there was a point. And so I just had the faith to trust.
1: Will you read an excerpt
0: from your new book? I'm gonna try, May Lily. I'm gonna do my best. Y'all
1: have to be patient, be forgiving with my eyeballs. This is how you print out. The font size is Mm -hmm. like 60 font. You've got (laughs) your flashlight from your smartphone on Mm -hmm. the page. I do. I do. And just recently, my left eye got worse.
0: And so I'm having, um, so I'm gonna try and read this uh, slowly. So if I have a few hiccups here and there, I know you'll forgive me. And I must say, before I read this, as writers, you have to really unzip your soul and flop it out there for people to read because nobody's interested in anything else. They're interested in the hard stuff. This is a, just a quick excerpt from Letters from the Jay Underground, which my future self is telling me is going to be in the New York Times uh, bestselling uh, list. So let's hope for that. There's a scene in the movie, The Sound of Music where Julie Andrews begins singing to Christopher Plummer. As they kiss in one of the most romantic scenes of all time, as they cradle each other in the gazebo, she sings to him somewhere in my youth or childhood, I must have done something good. She is reflecting in the lyric in that moment, of good. She did something so great, so good, and perfect. Now her payoff is this amazing love she is feeling for her holy love. We are indeed all just like those characters on our own stage of life. We're dreaming of love and joy and utter blessings The family von Trapp brings it to us, and the entire movie breaks open our hearts. Even though I was brought up Catholic, I never understood Jesus or even thought he was part of my life until I came to the Course, A Course in Miracles. I never understood God or the Bible as I couldn't wrap my brain around any of it. I walked away from it all. I didn't think I could ever have a personal relationship with Jesus or God. But when I started meditating in earnest and praying in earnest and feeling like somewhere in my youth, I had done something good. Just like Julie Andrews, I began to feel more and more connected with Jay. Then, on the stage of my own life, I had a dream of him, Jay. And now I've come to know I'm part of something I never, ever believed I'd say out loud or even proud. I love him. I love Jesus. I love the Holy Spirit. I love God. God is there now.
1: I am getting it right. So, are you going to share with us what the dream was? Because I want to know what Jesus did and said. <laughs> and, and if you don't want to share that, that's you that's sort have of to. a narrative hook. So you're going
0: to? I can tell you. I okay, mean, if you I, really want me to, absolutely. I can tell you. Absolutely. Um, so I, you know, it's if it's helpful, um, and it may be. Um, it was a very lucid dream about six o'clock in the morning, and. Um, I was in a room, and it felt very comfortable and easy, and it felt very saintly, if you will. And it felt like there was just um, a a love feeling in the room. And this man came from behind, and he just put his hands on my shoulders, and he said, just hold on. And like a rocket, I shot out of my body. And like a mic drop, the scene dropped. And I was like, oh, where am I? That was kind of my first thought. And then just very, very ever so gently, I turned and I looked. And then up on a ridge was a figure all dressed in white. And it took me a second, but I went, Jesus. And then the second word out of my mouth was, hurry. (laughs) Hurry. And he walked very slowly down. It took him a couple of minutes. And he got right in front of me. And he looked at me and he didn't say a word, but I got the message. And the message was, he's got this. <laughs>
1: he's got this. He's
0: got this. So much fun. But anyway, I talk more about it in that chapter.
1: All right. So how is it that you're not, uh, quote, born again? How is it that you're not with an official church? <laughs> what, what's going on there? Um,
0: That's a good question. I don't really uh, think I was uh, ever—the again part. (laughs) I don't (laughs) really—I mean, I don't think born again is like—it's like putting a label on me. So in a sense, I would say I'm more spiritual, and so that that would be the best way to describe me. I think that we're all on a spiritual path. And with the Course, he's either saying we're thinking with the Holy Spirit thought system, which is the thought system of love and kindness and compassion, or we're thinking with the ego, which is the thought system of fear— And uh, so – and that's kind of what he's trying to tell us is that we need to – in order to get home and to enlighten and all those things that we want to do, we need to think uh, in that way and use those practical applications um, with, God bless them, the family we were born into and the coworkers we work with are such good forgiveness opportunities day to day that we can just – just forgive, and it's not really done on a physical level, like a talking level. It's really done, honestly, May Lily, on a mindful level, where we pray, we meditate, we get together, and we say, "Hey, we're we're going to take this guy off the hook. Like he kind of screwed up, and he messed up, and he just fell down the well. And but we're going to still call him our brother and bring him back up, and and uh, put him back on the Partridge Family bus. <laughs> you, <you're right. laughs> which is a theme from this podcast. <laughs>
1: And I love that theme, by the way. For the past two books, you've been writing about this spiritual path. Yes. Prior to that, you wrote a lot of fiction in the LGBT narrative. Mm-hmm. Will you ever get back to fiction again? I think fiction is in my, in my
0: wheelhouse. I think I will get back to fiction. Um, will I just it don't be know. message
1: fiction or, <laughs> or will it be just fun fiction? They're all messages. <laughs>
0: whether it's the car dealer or the rubber salesman <laughs> or, you know, the guy on the bus, the 37 Chamberlain bus, it's always, there's always a character somewhere that you can run into. So it's all, it's all there.
1: What's the greatest achievement of your professional life? You know what? I would take out the word professional and
0: I would say my greatest achievement would be that I get to share how to write a book with somebody who had, like, for example, I just had a lady recently in the last few years. It was her literally her forty year dream to write a book, and somehow we got connected, and I said, "I can help you and she did it. She got a book out, and then now she 's like on book four so it 's not so much about awards you know because i 've gotten nominated for lambdas and whatever all that nobody remembers that. nobody even remembers who wins the super Bowl but When I look back on my life and I can say I helped that lady in England write her, you know, get her 40-year dream come true, that to me is an achievement. Or if I can pray for somebody who is going through a rough time and feel like I'm helping, um, I think that's a a great achievement. So they're they're kind of like all over the map in a sense, but I do feel like um, helping people, if if they want to write books, I know I can help them.
1: And I know this for a fact because I showed up randomly at a restaurant one day. It was the middle of the day, lunchtime, and you had a gaggle of women around you (laughs) who were your writing mentees. So you were the literary Jesus and they were your (laughs) disciples.
0: It was great. I don't know about that, but I've I've learned learned something about the craft. And so I know a little bit about writing, but I'm still learning and I'm very Gnostic. So I I learn from others and I try and teach others. So it's still it's always a learning process. It's always till the end of time, a learning process. What's your life motto? Come on, get happy. (laughs) 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 Just forgive and be happy. And that's all we really need to do. And uh, so that would be it. Ruth Perkinson,
1: what a pleasure. Thanks so much. I love you. I think I love
0: you. <laughs> oh I'm so God. afraid. I'm, I'm afraid that I might.
1: Ruth Perkinson and letters from the J Underground. I'm Lily Lee, and you're listening to American Spark.